Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast. I'm Conrad Olson, founder and editor-in-chief of Scandinavian Mind. My guest today is the Swedish designer Margot Barolo. Margot is head of the product design department at Beckman's College of Design and author of The Kinship Method, a book and a project that seeks to challenge the designer's role in the furniture industry. In this conversation, Margot talks about why it's so hard to make a living for emerging designers, the differences between tech, industrial and architectural design and their economic foundations, and why furniture designers need to learn entrepreneurship. The Scandinavian Mind podcast is a bi-weekly show about the intersection of lifestyle and technology. I'd like to thank the Helio co-working space for hosting us in their podcast studio. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter to stay updated on the latest news and learn about upcoming talks and events. Visit scandinavianmind.com newsletter. Here now, my conversation with Margot Barolo. Enjoy. Okay, I'm sitting here with Margot Barolo, designer, uh, lecturer, head of the product design department at the Beckman College of Design and author of the book and kind of project, The Kinship Method. Margot, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Let's uh, get right into it. Uh, What is The Kinship Method? The initiative I had was to challenge the design process we normally use as a designer, and especially in when we are uh, having an assignment for a company or, or something that I think is very stagnated and, and very uh, normative. Uh, it has only one way of doing things, if I exaggerate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I believe that uh, if we break this kind of processes and explore new ways and show the producers and other designers that you can uh, have something else and that you can explore different kind of design to, with other processes, then you can reach so much more richness in in your design and uh, products and you also reach more and more diversity of, of people or consumers so so how did it start for you because you you've been working in the industry as a designer for, yes. for quite a long time uh, you saw the, some of these things that were troublesome from from your perspective mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know not to say the least how designers are compensated for instance, mm. in the industry. Where did it start for you? When, when did this sort of, was it a kind of a frustration? Or yeah, sort of more it was like an, totally frustration. Yeah. Uh, actually, I, I started my, my design career 50-50 uh, with uh, my own production and uh, versus uh, assignments. Mm. So actually, that kept me very early on uh, economically more independent <laughs> from the uh, industry. So actually I could really, I, I, I managed well. Mm. Uh, but I saw so many colleagues that really struggled and was so talented that 
they couldn't actually afford to be in the industry or be, work as a designer. Maybe they went to work more with interior design to uh, where they hopefully could also draw some products or mm. furniture. But uh, I mean, you have to have a very good economic situation to afford to uh, work as a designer because it's almost only royalty based. Right. And it takes like maybe five or ten years even to come to a point when royalty where you can actually live it on it. Well, it's hard to make a salary right off the bat when you have yes. that kind of model. And, and, and we talk about this, uh, you should broaden the uh, the way you you educate more mm. people into design. How can you do that when you don't have this economical safety net? Right, right. No, no I've, I've seen that. Uh, we talked about it before we, we mm. started recording. Is that I've seen so many designers coming out of these schools, mm. hoping to get a, you know, lustrous career. Mm. Uh, maybe they have seen, uh, they have like role models in, in perhaps other countries or Italy or whatever. Uh, they think they're the, the sort of the designer as a kind of star. And I think partly I'm to blame as a journalist <laughs> because we sort of elevated the designer into some kind of rock star or something. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you kind, of, you kind of think as like, well, the, 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 you mm. know, if you get an article published and, mm. and people elevate you, mm. then, then the, the road is kind of paid for you, right? Mm. But the, the economic realities is that, you know, just as you described, you know, if, if you're designing a product, you get paid five years later. Yes. It's really hard to do make a living so yes. unless you have money from home or or you're doing other work mm. it's really hard to to um, uh, strive there mm. so but you were saying that you had your own business made you more sort of understanding of uh, you know both you were an entrepreneur yeah. so you, yes. you had revenue from there but but did that did that also give you uh, an understanding of, of how it all worked yeah, sort of the, it, the mecha- mechanisms behind it so much it's so point on mm. actually because actually my own production and, and experience within the production what was that just for the audience yeah uh, what, I, what type of products I did, did you do yeah the first product I did actually when I still was in in my uh, bachelor studies mm. at Beckmans it was something I call window screen uh, and it's a paper folded uh, origami-like uh, that uh, protects the, the flowers or inside from sun. Mm. Uh, so, and, and it was like a really spin-off that uh, made, made it possible from the beginning for me to actually uh, not force to work on, on something else to, to uh, provide for myself or my family so uh, and that I learned so much because I mean you don't at that time you didn't learn anything about entrepreneurship in schools so actually I I learned the, the hard way mm. I did all the wrongs you could do and uh, actually my customers my factory all the wonderful people I, I worked with helped me along the way to to learn and then I started also to build a collection with down products Mm. uh, that was made for not uh, to sleep in but to just uh, have around you and it was down scarves and down plates and uh, all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, ceramics I went over lots 
and worked with ceramics a lot. So it, it was a school, very good school for me. And that is also what I want to, that we want our students to have now. Uh, but also I think the other part of uh, uh, the frustration you mentioned in the beginning of your question, it's, that is one part. But the other part was also that uh, when I work as a designer, you have a very special role in the in the companies because often we work with many companies over the years and we see small companies big companies we see uh, and sometimes often we have the our contacts with the CEOs or, or board members or product developers right. design design bosses and but also we work very much on the ground mm. Uh, in the factories, uh, with the handicraft people, and uh, with the—I mean—all the people around that, and also marketing and sale and so on. So, if you work like me, that are very interested in this overview of things or building things, uh, I mean, that's the best school you can get, right? Because you see. You see everything, right? You see everything and you <laughs> see CEOs come and go yeah. <laughs> and you see uh, strategies come and go and what works, what doesn't work. And if you analyze that and if you are interested in that as a designer, you have such a huge uh, knowledge bank that I'm so grateful for. And my frustration at that time, my first 10 years as a, as a designer in all this small hand art and craft business was that I saw this, all these people come and go and they applied or tried to do some kind of recipe mm. uh, that even if they come from like I, I used to say shampoo business, they have this recipe that they uh, forced upon this small company and there was such... Um, little attention to uh, or so little knowledge about what design can do for a company and what uh, how to think around production or uh, and, and also some kind of non-interest in in to learn from the history what has been good or bad or worked or not mm. so uh, that was a huge frustration for me and also because partly I've been grown up in a, in a family where art has been very important but also with the beloved stepfather that was talking he I mean he he lived and breed marketing sale uh, and I was I thought I did, didn't hear anything or learn anything but <laughs> you mean when you live with someone that that is very enthusiastic about stick about, about all these things you learn some mm, <laughs> so mm. and I couldn't get this puzzle to work uh, so that's why I actually took two years to take a master at Konstfak to have uh, a break yeah. <laughs> to uh, to go into this because I didn't find any I, I really searched for answers but I didn't find any so that's where 
this began. <laughs> yeah. This meaning the, the kin- kinship method and mm-hmm. uh, all the work. How how long ago was that? So how, how that long? was ten years ago. That was ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, or or twelve, thirteen, maybe. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So so, t- so talk about what what uh, some of the the findings in the beginning uh, of this. Did you call it the kinship method in the beginning? Or was, did yeah, that come really out? early on. Actually, it was. Uh, it, this was a project that I've been thinking of for several years before I started this 2018. Mm. Uh, and I, but I realized very early, uh, some years before that, that I it required a lot of money, mm. actually. And because, as uh, maybe you can understand already, I think people should get paid for for. Doing sounds re- sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I really didn't want to to you know, oh, be in my projects. It's so fun, but yeah, for free. Well, uh, you kind of have to practice what you preach, though. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very important. So when Beckman's, where I work, uh, College of Design, they uh, started this. Uh, um, project within artistic research mm. and got some money for develop that part in the college uh, I had the opportunity to to get uh, two year and uh, I had uh, 25% of time and uh, budget to and then I saw directly that this was the perfect time for this project mm. and also because then I had been teaching for a while and also uh, new questions or new ideas of course have developed so uh, that was uh, the, the starting point of, of that pro- okay so, so you find you, you found the, the 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 funds to do this as a mm. research project what were some of the initial questions what what did you want to find out so yes speak? i wanted to uh, that i wanted to invite five uh, that we were five uh, designers right. so i invited four designers that was all of us is very, very different. Mm. We work differently. We have very different design language. Uh, we have very different, uh, yeah, backgrounds in mm. within design and mm. and also uh, experiences of where we come from and how we approach design also. And that was very crucial. So I invited uh, Andreas Novell, mm-hmm. that is professor at uh, Malmsteens, also Fredrik Paulsen. That is a studio-based uh, designer. Mia Kulin, that also is a studio-based designer and work for uh, lots of uh, big furniture companies. And Erik Björk, yeah. that is also working for within the furniture industry and also a colleague of mine. All these people uh, used to, to teach also at Beckmas in some form, more or less. Mm. And... Uh, I invited them to take part of this project and uh, to challenge our our idea of how to do design and uh, try out design methods that we are not used to by exploring our what I call form elements or form culture within ourselves and uh, see what happens and also it was a 
very important that they were, because that is not very easy to make designers to give and take forms from each other. So the really, what do you, why is that? Yes, I, I I have some ideas of why, <laughs> <laughs> and that is because of the payment system. Oh, really? Uh, I mean, we don't get paid for our work. We we only get economic compensation in in sense of getting royalties. Mm. But that is not an, an payment model. That is only license. It's right. a rent for right. our uh, ideas. Basically. Ideas. Yeah. Uh, so, so I understand that we are so. I mean, I, we hold on this. The, our ideas so, mm. so badly because, and that doesn't make us so eager to cooperate uh, and uh, and find new new ways of mm. doing because that is the, our only way of getting paid sometimes almost every mm. every time <laughs> so that is my idea why it's, it's difficult but all these people are very i think we all five are very interested in uh, experimenting and talking design and and actually question lots of things within in doing design and are very curious and I think that's why we all are stuck also within teaching design because we really like to talk about <laughs> design <Yeah. laughs> and and also to give and uh, to, to to other people with uh, within that context. So the idea was to invite these people and we uh, had these uh, ground rules that uh, we were going to do three generation chairs. Everyone had 30 days doing one first chair and we couldn't look upon each other's work at all. So we were isolated from each other and then uh, Meetup uh, that actually was a fantastic provider in this project and, and helped us to do the this one prototype. It's a brand and manufacturing suite. Yes. Uh, they uh, did this share. We, on the, after 30 days, we had to send them secretly all the drawings of our idea and, and they made it. And then when every share came back, then we had five chairs that we gathered around and uh, just revealed and and tried and, and talked about. And then we sat down for a, a group session. And it was Salka Hallström, who was the moderator or group talker or design therapist. Yes, yeah, a Swedish journalist. Within yes. The yeah. And uh, we had a session and talked about about that and and this I mean this first session in my point of view it wasn't really exaggerated I mean it was not exciting it was nice mm. it was very pleasant or nice uh, but then things happened and then we changed swift, uh, swapped shares with each other uh, randomly and we uh, uh, I got for example Andreas Nobel's share. And took that home and lived with it the 30 days. And on those 30 days, I had to take 20 to 40% of his forms 
and do a new shares chair uh, with those forms. So I had to actually to kind of build upon what he had done. Yes, uh, continue it. Yes, but to do it in to, my yeah. yeah. And and the idea is that that I have to really really examine my own form culture mm. through his. And actually, you really learn learn to know your colleague in in a very interesting way because you can look at the shares and just see let, like I did when I got it. Oh, this is really really nice and fun and and wow, what have you done? But then when you really have cl- have this close so close that you have to use his forms, then you go over to some other feelings that is not as pleasant because then you realize how how different you are from each other <laughs> also <laughs> and how different form culture and and how difficult it, it is to to actually work with this kind mm. of forms that is not your form uh, and then we gathered again everyone of course had 30 days and do this same the same thing and we gathered and had a new design therapy session mm. and uh, then we had 10 chairs with us and then it got more interesting so what what were some of the insights from from this process and how how does that relate to a different kind of model around mm. production and so forth can you can you connect that because yes you know i think from the outside this seems interesting and like sort of experimental mm-hmm. Uh, and experiential, of course, mm. uh, but but how do this? How, can, can this sort of break up the 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 knots and situations that you described yes. in the beginning? It, yeah, you can talk about this in so many ways. Mm. Uh, if you first take the more simple ones, mm. that actually I hope it inspires other designers to actually take control over how to develop as a designer mm. and also start to collaborate more. And, or to try out different way of doing things and uh, and to to examine but also challenge the idea of the normal design processes mm. and uh, i I think that's a very important thing, but also my hope is also that it starts something if we start doing all this kind of experiments, it could be like this method or or i mean you can do it in thousands of ways uh, to break the the norm because this design process how it's built up today uh, it it's good for the companies i mean um, you work often with the isolated designer uh, instead of taking the opportunity to do some something different and mm. to have another outcome that I think could be really, really interesting. I mean, if you really understand the design history of what had caused the big changes within design, within the industry, that has caused are the, the reason why some progress have been do, done, mm. you can't work in that way that the industry do today uh, with this uh, very normative models. 
you have to break pattern. You have to to be brave and try out different ways of doing things. And this is just one way of showing that if you uh, do it in another way, you get another kind of design. Mm. And that in a very short period also. And uh, and then I I'm, I'm not saying that our result is the the result, but I say just want to point out that you get something that you don't get in the normal design process. Well, is there is there an argument to make that we're sort of inhibiting innovation with, with this sort of yeah. the, the 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 normative structures that you as you're ta- yeah. talking about? Because especially now when the when the manufacturing often is elsewhere. Mm. Than, than in Sweden or, or locally or within the company. Uh, that is a, the a huge change that I was talking about earlier, that then you could work together with the craft people uh, that really, and that, that kind of relation between the artist and the craftsman has been crucial for innovation, for example, or for finding new expressions, mm. finding new ways of of uh, doing things technically uh, and artistically. So, and that that is gone almost now. That and even if you have a factory close to your your company, uh, the production company. Uh, we are so stuck now in in some kind of design process that not allow that not allows that kind of very close like collaboration. Yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, c- could you draw? I think it would be interesting to draw parallels to perhaps other industries or nearby industries, mm-hmm. just to to see how how it differs. Because if you look at architecture, for instance, there's a whole other structure that's in place there, yeah. uh, where the design process is more perhaps ingrained in the project mm. and it's closely related to engineering and all these other parts mm. that, that, that requires a, a, you know, an architectural project to, to come to fruition. Uh, also, I think fashion design just could be an interesting uh, re- reflection. Yeah. Uh, the way, I mean, fashion designers are actually employed and they work together in a, in a room, etc. Mm. Have you looked at other uh, uh, industries like that to compare at all? Or Yeah, I've been looking at, I mean, more close than that industrial mm. design for right. example that right. have totally different pain paying models for mm. example and and therefore another also very close to to the tech industry and uh, where they have uh, another economical uh, like a foundation fo- to, yeah to foundation yeah. and and they can work on teams more mm. Mm. Uh, i mean it has been so obvious early on. I mean, not only Victor Papanek, like he he was. Uh, Maybe we should explain who that mix. is. Victor Papanek. Yes. He he was a, a groundbreaking designer within the 60s, 70s, mm. and actually Sweden was uh, was the place where his ideas uh, was uh, uh, most uh, developed. I think and 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 it was uh, he he did a big impact here in Sweden mm. Mm. and uh, was a part of why uh, former ergonomic design gruppen for example that uh, worked with ergonomic design and, and was very famous in the world for that so he um, 
he talked a lot of the third world and anthropologist view in, in not in the colonist way, mm. <laughs> but mm. but to work within the the place you you do design for with the people that are going to use them and the conditions that they have on on that context in mm. that context. So, um, and I'm, I think, I believe that industrial design work more that way. And also you mentioned the fashion industry. You can say a lot of things about fashion industry that it's really not good. <laughs> but but I think... Trust me, we do on this podcast <laughs> yeah. in, in other conversations. Yes, <laughs> uh, but I, I do believe, and I've been talking to... Uh, many fashion designers because I'm so um, fascinated in how the designers in fashion industry uh, more uh, seems to the culture is more that is is so more easy for them to think that they want to start their own production that where they can actually do the kind of production they believe in mm. and uh, form a kind of company they they can stand for but product and furniture designers have so much difficulty or have don't educated or haven't got the culture of thinking in entrepreneurship in that way and and how they can um, be a strong part in develop the idea of uh, what a designer is So has this changed? You mentioned before that you you are part of the the the, the team at Beckmans. Uh, you know you're now you're now teaching students uh, as well. So has this informed the way? I'm sure it has. So how has this informed the way you teach students? Do you uh, you know do you, do you, is it even completely new classes that you've included on entrepreneurship or yes. like getting to know the industry or the manufacturing and I mean Beckmans has always had a strong belief in in external projects mm. and and to be a part of uh, of the business outside uh, so that is uh, I mean that it's It's an, it's a culture already that is very strong in in the school, but uh, what we have added lately is uh, we have changed the the education within product design department in the way that we have strength strengthened strengthened the the entrepreneurship part mm. and also how we talk about design as a solution because we really strongly believe that design today is a solution. It's a problem, of course, in the way that uh, we consume and how the pro, pro, uh, production company works and how the profit always have to increase. Mm. Uh, but that is not what designers <laughs> want. The designer often are very curious in ways to find solutions and they are very aware of this, all these problems. So we have to educate the, the students in how to get new uh, insights of how to bring this to the production mm. and how to force themselves upon the the productions in the way of uh, maybe starting 
their own production or or understand the the structure and organization and entrepreneurship so they can be listen, be listened to mm. and to make them understand that nothing is i mean it's not steady you you can change some things and they can change things i i i, I can't keep i can't help myself but think that maybe it's a completely different type of personality that would apply to these schools if you had a different view of Mm. the designer's role and how it should be implemented and and what you should be able to realize as a designer have you have you have you gone so far even that do you think about uh, are you actually attracting the 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 right crowd uh, <laughs> of course we as a school we are i mean we we still struggles with an idea of what a designer are mm. Uh, so when the student enters school, they they see themselves as a kind of often not all, but often still as a as the designer in a glossy magazine. And <laughs> Sorry about we that. struggle <laughs> we struggle in three years to make them broaden their their view upon the yeah how to be a designer so yes we have new courses we have uh, new takes on courses within the courses and we we really always try to develop and and uh, make the people that actually come into the school Mm. uh, to see all this and they i think they do uh, more and more and that depends mostly of course of of us mm. teachers and all the teachers we get into the school we we what kind of teachers we invite to the school to have guest lecture, lectures or classes or uh, that uh, reflects of course the outcome and i think that there have been a huge um it's been a shift it's been a shift yeah, yeah. So I'm curious. Um, the uh, seems to me that the the big change has to though come from the industry, and yes. the companies, and the way in which they view and use and, uh, as you mentioned, also compensate designers. Mm. Uh, what has been the reaction? Now you you had this ex- you, you did the thing at at uh, Sven Harris. Now mm-hmm. you had the the biggest exhibition earlier this fall in September. The book is out. Mm-hmm. Ha- have you gotten any feedback, positive, negative? Do people want to change, or companies want to change? Uh, I don't know how many have time to read <laughs> the text. Actually, <laughs> I mean, I have had very positive feedback from those I've talked to. I mean, I, I try the best to send out the book to where, whoever I want to read it. And uh, hopefully they read some of it. And uh, I think for, like with this project, for example, uh, my hope from the beginning, but I, I didn't dare to talk about it in the beginning. It was that Within five years after the project, maybe some of these furniture uh, maybe ends up in a company mm. or in different ways. Uh, and I see it 
also like some kind of infiltration because <laughs> <laughs> because then they actually take something that is totally different for, from what they used to do. And actually that has already happened. Mm. It already happened when this project was going on. Uh, so... Earlier, just a few weeks ago, one of the chairs uh, was launched from for a, a furniture Swedish manufacturer company, and uh, there are at least one or two more to come. Uh, and I think that's fantastic because this first company, for example, for them, they have really been brave to to do a kind of design process and take this uh, this chair with to their collection in a new way and been working in you in a way that they have never done before mm. so already there it has actually been more than i hoped for and if if other company see hopefully this goes well and and inspires other companies to see, ah, oh, what did they do? Or like like when they started the furniture company, when they started to finally engage women designers, for example. Mm. I mean, it was like very few started and something happened. And and the other one, what was happening there? Oh, okay. They do women designers. Okay, we maybe we should try that concept. And suddenly there was... This was more recently than people perhaps think, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just a fly on the wall. And this project, if if I if it inspires companies or other designers or strengthen uh, some student to, to actually don't, don't get afraid of doing their own thing, uh, I have succeeded, I guess. That's perhaps a good note to end on. We, we're coming up on, on uh, the end of our, our interview session here. What are you, uh, you know, now everything is sort of out. Uh, is, is the project done now? Are you doing uh, a round two? Or what, what, what's the next step for, for this, uh, this project? Uh, I really hope to take care of this project as much as I can. That's why I'm coming here, for example, <laughs> even if, if I'm a little shy to talk about this in this way. But uh, I want to take care about it. And I hope we can show it in more places. We mm. had a pandemic. Uh, so uh, now we have had three exhibitions with it in spite of this. So right. that is fantastic. Uh, and I hope to to show this project for m- more people and, and to talk about these issues, of course. And uh, then I hope to continue my artistic research. I see this melting together, uh, my, my work as a designer towards other companies, but also my own um, research. And uh, I want to dig in more and do more kinds of of experiments like mm. this of course it, it has been wonderful 
Wonderful. Is there anything that you feel we should add or something that we didn't mention that that's relevant to to the conversation here? Oh, there's so many things I want to say because when you start to talk about it, of course, this my so many important questions about where we want design to to go mm. uh, as a subject, but. Uh, I strongly believe, and I can maybe just end there, and you you can read more uh, in the book. But I strongly believe that design can be a solution, because many people talk so much about um, the prob- problems within consumption and production industry, and and that is, I mean, that's why I also started this. Uh, this work ten years ago, because uh, of frustration, frustration around this. But also, I think we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, development now within the technology that makes us less dependent, uh, and as a designer. Mm. Uh, towards the industry and we can do very interesting design and important design uh, within with very small means and reach out to other groups than are than are interesting for for big companies for example with other intentions uh, and that is so fantastic, and I hope that more and more people realize that, both the consumers, but also my own colleagues. Designer Margot Barolo, you're the head of the product design department at Beckmans College of Design and the author of The Kinship Method. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for inviting me. You've been listening to the Scandinavian Mind podcast with me, Conrad Olson. This show was edited by Eric Sedin. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your preferred podcast app like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. To get the latest news, insights and invites to upcoming events, sign up to our newsletter. Just go to ScandinavianMind.com to become part of our movement.